0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid phrase, and say, well, actually, as much as possible.
1: Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you
0: along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to
1: make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. And go. Like Sonic. I'm so excited for Spyro's. It looks bonkers good.
0: Oh! Mm, So good.
1: Oh, I'm ready. I just, I love seeing... The side-by-side comparison from the old Spyro that we all know and love. Ugh, and, like, yes. the new updated version, which looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it truly oh. does. The mo- the thing I'm most excited about is the updated dragon designs.
0: Yes! Oh, my God, yes!
1: In the original Spyro, you had, like, maybe four different stock dragon designs. And then they just mm-hmm. kind of changed the colors on yep. each of them. But this one, they have, like, you know personality and and like a gimmick like there's a fucking like sexy tattooed barista dragon and stuff like oh man it's gonna be awesome
0: Oh my god. Okay, so I, I'm gonna build on that. I'm so fucking excited about that. But also, in one of the things that they released, they had my favorite dragon dialogue of all time and they didn't change it. And it's the one where he's like, Run, Spyro, run! Oh, I'm getting a little winded. <laughs> favorite dragon of all time. And they, they have the same dialogue. So excited. I'm so excited.
1: And then, like, Ripto looks really good. Like, he was just on screen for a second, but I was like, Holy yeah. shit! He's not just some weird, like, polygon blob thing now.
0: Yeah, I love it when they show their hands and they have hands now. Although I am going to kind of miss that geometric, like, the way it all fit. I don't know. (laughs) I I can't wait. I'm so excited for everything except treetops, but everything else I'm super excited
1: for. Treetop's the absolute worst level of all time.
0: It is. It's, like, it's so much harder than anything else in the game for no reason.
1: We spent hours on treetops just trying to figure
0: out. And then we're like, let's YouTube it and just memorize the path. And that's what we did. Like, that's so much worse than like, oh, let's try to see what the developers did to like, leave us hints to go there. We were like, literally memorize it from YouTube. (laughs) We were dedicated, though.
1: And that was in college. That's when we had YouTube. Like, when Spyro proper came out, YouTube didn't exist. So what did the kids do? To figure out where the path was.
0: I, you know, I think they didn't. They just,
1: they just, they just they didn't get those gems. They all just those didn't gems get for those that gems. Level.
0: They were just 98% for all eternity. Oh, and God, the it. worst fate. It is truly the worst fate. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, that's
1: Spyro. It's coming out next week. It's going to be freaking awesome. I pre-ordered it. You probably did, too. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Like, multi
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the question is, are you going to finish Red Dead before then, or are you and Scott going to fight over the...
0: We're going to fight over it, um, but I do want to make it very clear that I am not finishing anything in Red Dead. All I do is go around, find legendary animals. Don't, I don't shoot them. I find them and catch wild horses and train them. And that is the extent of how I play Red Dead.
1: Nice.
0: Very much like how I played um, Grand Theft Auto, where all I did was follow people around until they asked me to leave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You would, like, squat the character down and then just walk around the person and make them really uncomfortable. And they were like, what are you
0: doing? And I just wouldn't. I just kept going. Oh, no. Uh, I am inherently bad at video games.
1: Oh, You should play Breath of the Wild. That also involves a lot of horse capturing.
0: Oh, I would love that. Horse capturing is my favorite part. I'm very good at it now. Long story short, super pumped for Spyro. Heck yeah! Somebody was playing the other day, and they didn't know about defeating Scorch, and I was like, "Excuse you." Anyways, <laughs> Anyways. speaking of
1: <sighs> defeating evil beings, animorphs.
0: Animorph. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's let me take a second run at, at that. That excitement right here. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Those- oh, <man. laughs> I just got, like, rolling real hard with Spyro, and it just felt like a-, a sudden stop to go to Animorphs. But you know what? It's not. Because who we're visiting today is our favorite 90s video game playing character, Marco. He probably played Spyro.
1: Maybe. definitely played Grand Theft Auto, because he likes mm-hmm. to drive
0: mm-hmm. things. And he- he does mention he has a lot of racing games, and it's not strictly a racing game, but I feel like he would have gotten it. Maybe, let me make up a narrative in my head, maybe he got it when his dad was, like, in his depressive funk, but now that his dad pays attention, his dad took away Grand Theft Auto because it was inappropriate. <laughs> it's very not appropriate. But that's not what Marco's talking about this time when we open. No. Oh, this time. God. This time, Marco's antagonizing a girl he likes, whose name I've not written down, Tishandra. It's like the sixth word in the book. I really should have (laughs) remembered that. But yeah, so he's antagonizing Tishandra, and it goes so, so badly that he literally pivots in the middle of antagonizing her to talking about the war. (laughs) Like, he's like, (laughs) this is going terribly, but what is worse than this is war. (laughs)
1: Ugh, freaking okay i love marco he's i i think of the group he's one of the more believable kind of characters to me um like i've met marcos in the real world um Mm -hmm. and i i'm buying everything that applegate is selling me about marco but dear god he is so exhausting sometimes and stop calling women females you idiot (laughs) you absolute doorknob anyway
0: yeah, there were a few comments in here that definitely were like, "Oh, that's a 90s thing right there." Like
1: Yeah, that would not
0: fly yeah, today. Would not have But yeah, he's I, I love that he is exhausting as a character though because it just makes it Like, what other book do you read that you like there's a character that literally antagonizes you through the pages of the book? Like there's not many, if any.
1: <laughs> I think it's interesting because like you have a kind of like chauvinistic character mm-hmm. written by a woman. Yes. So like, I don't know. It just, it creates an interesting dynamic, I think, because like if, if these books were written by a man, um, I, I don't know. I just think it would have come across differently. Like, yeah.
0: Although, uh, so like uh, part of the reason they published her name as KA Applegate instead of Catherine Applegate is because they didn't think that people would want to read a book sci-fi book written by a woman. So mm-hmm. I think going into this, people might not have known necessarily that she was a woman. So does it create, like, do you think his voice is different enough that it creates the interesting dynamic or is it only because you know that she's a woman? And if you had assumed she was a man, it would be a different story.
1: Um, It's hard to say with Marco, but there have been other characters that have said lines that are like, they're so, I don't think it would have been written by a man. Like, like there's a couple lines that I think Rachel says mm-hmm. that you're just kind of like okay yeah like she knows yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's i it's it's just i think it's really interesting and it's such i it, the choice to be like do i make this a realistic character or maybe do i make this an interesting character because i think a lot of the time being like overly cautious with what you say not in in real life, obviously. Like like you know, be a normal human being, okay? Don't be a dick. But for a character, maybe they should be a dick. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Anyways, uh, yes, uh, Marco um, kind of he pivots because the flirting went so badly, and he tells us that he was also trying to flirt with a girl that earlier week complimented her in quotation marks complimented her by telling her she looked like a boy. Um, and I think what he was trying to say was she was fit, which still isn't a great thing to <laughs> say to somebody, but better than, hey, you look like a boy. And then that girl asked another boy in the hallway to chase Marco, and he did. And then Marco's like, it's not as bad as being chased by a taxon, though, so it's cool. <laughs> Freaking, yeah. yeah,
1: that none of this would have flown today. Yeah, none Absolutely of this. Absolutely none of this.
0: no. I have so many things to say about the 90s. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Marco's walking down the hallway, and then all of a sudden he sees the cube, and he's so focused on the cube, he kind of, like, blocks out the rest of everything for a moment. Um, But then he realizes that the cube is in some boy's hands. And so Marco yells, Yo! And he goes, I'm not the kind of guy that says yo, but I don't know what else to say, so he's just like, Yo! And the (laughs) the guy's like, Yeah? Yeah? And uh, he's, like, just too shocked to really talk to this guy. Like, he is just fumbling this conversation so badly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's like, I haven't seen you around here before. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm new. And he's like, ah, I, 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 hi, what's What's your name? <laughs> and the kid's like, well, this guy's possibly very stupid. <laughs> Good um, first impression. Yeah, great first impression there, Marco. Um, And this whole time that he's totally like botching this conversation, he's looking around for he's like, I'm looking for any of the other animals, anyone but Rachel, literally anybody but Rachel right now. (laughs) And he doesn't find any of them, not even Rachel. So, yeah, he was worried Rachel would take the new kid into a closet and beat the shit out of him, (laughs) which honestly would have been so much better in the long run. Uh, Yeah, would have saved a
1: lot of time and worry and issue.
0: That's, this is one of the things that drives me, like, so, I get so aggravated reading this book. I'm like, ah, there's, this, ah, everything you do, there's an easier way to do it, and you just, like, did it. Anyways.
1: <laughs> but then we wouldn't have books if they just cut to the chase and <laughs> did everything the efficient way, then we wouldn't have books.
0: <sighs> but mean, yeah, I, fair I, enough. <laughs> I,
1: I definitely relate. It's exhausting. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be. Like it's I'm not saying that in like a way like oh this book sucks because it's exhausting. It's like I it's it's meant to be.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> Again, they're 12 years old. They don't have, you know, a lot of life experience. They have some war experience and some strategy experience, but like yeah. you know, they 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 still like it's to us as almost 30-year-olds like <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got some years and some experience on them but
0: i don't i feel like i was still like really exhausted by this even when i was younger (laughs) i'm thinking specifically about tobias and like the upcoming chapters is what i'm talking about but i'll i'll digress and continue on um yeah so marco says he'll he'll buy this cube off of this new kid who introduces himself as david and uh, then offers him a dollar and 32 cents. And this kid just kind of like blows him off and like has some really like real cool 90s line where Marco's like, okay, like, see you later. And then th- he says something like, oh, best part of my day, leaving. Like, it was real harsh.
1: So <laughs> um, at this point, um, I have heard whispers of a David. I've heard whispers.
0: Like, 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 like on the wind. Like, like, the wizards think, were speaking.
1: Yeah, like I I have heard of David, and mm-hmm. you know, as soon as his name came up, I was like, huh. I think I think there's like an artist that I like that did some Animorphs fan art that mentioned like, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna draw David, but I I didn't end up doing that. So like something about his name kind of triggered something in my brain. Plus, okay, the cover of this book, the little like tagline is Look out everybody, there's a new Animorph in town and I'm like, um, excuse me?
0: Yeah, they're giving a lot away on the covers these what days. The hell? <laughs> like, don't. Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. And also, I don't I don't know if they have the back of the books in the digital files, like the synopsis parts. No. Do they? No. Okay, good. Because they give away like
1: the entire book so
0: much yeah it, it is like basically it's like if you read the synopsis on the back of the book you'd know three quarters of what happens in the books great i'm disappointed in um this book and 19 when the plot was given away for you because cassie turned into a butterfly at the end of the book oh the cover yeah on the cover yeah okay i'm, I'm just gonna
1: maybe not look at the covers As much as possible. Like, I'll open up the the digital file and just, like, scroll past really quick.
0: I feel I'm going to later today just give these, like, a quick look through the next couple books and see what the taglines are. Just to, like, I don't know, prepare myself emotionally. Well, and I usually (laughs) don't read the taglines.
1: I usually just look at the weird illustrations of Marco's face stretching out really far and horribly.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. And the morph sequences. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, yeah.
1: <laughs> the next book, I think the Jake book, where he's turning into the dog. Oh, God. Don't talk <laughs> to me my or my son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't talk to me or my. Don't talk to me or my fucked up son or my slightly more fucked up son or my slightly more fucked up son or my dog ever again. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's... Uh, that's
1: the best one. Oh, God.
0: Anyways, we... yeah. David. <laughs> fucking david he's just like every asshat you've ever met in school he is he's the quintessential asshat he's just so unlikable (laughs) he's so unlikable there's like even parts of the book where i feel like he's supposed to be redeeming where like he he says like a speech later on that marco's like oh i kind of like that and like if you know i don't know any one of the Animorphs, any other one of the Animorphs has said it. Like, if Tobias had have done that speech, I would have been like, yeah, man, you take back your power. But, like, because it's him, I'm like, oh, you're such an asshat.
1: But do you think that's because this book is in Marco's perspective? Do you think if it was in Cassie's perspective, he might be more likable?
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah I do. <sighs> I do. And it, yeah. Because Marco is really... His internal dialogue in this book is very strong. Like it comes through so well, and I like. There's points of it where you can actually feel the difference of opinions with other characters in the book. Yeah, love it.
1: Yeah, I want to. I want to be more observant about depending on which character's book and the character's Mm -hmm. relationship to a certain other character. I want to really break that down in future books because like in, in specific books, like Jake's book, Mm -hmm. like I really like Cassie for instance, but I, I felt myself not really liking Cassie in this book because Marco didn't really like Cassie.
0: Yeah. And it's a big, I feel like it's a big hit on her because the last book we read was 19, which we were like, you know, it's just, it's enraging. And like, it works out. So you can't, again, like the thing that happened at the end of the last recording, we're like, we can't argue because it worked out, but like, I just, to go to this as the next perspective, I feel like is just a huge hit on her character Mm -hmm. when if it had have been Jake, you're right, we would have probably, like, it would have been a softer blow. We would have, like, moved on and, like, seen her in a better light instead of this worse light.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So interesting. And it's really subtle, too.
0: It is. It's like, you don't realize that you're being emotionally manipulated until you finish the book. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, those aren't my feelings I'm feeling, but... Here we are.
1: (laughs) I wonder what would be a good way to quantify this. Like if we did like a one to five star rating on how much we liked each character per book.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be good. And then see what the
1: correlation is.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Let's do that at the end of this book. Okay. Okay. Cool. And also, is our next book a Jake book? That's it is right. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So, at the end of this episode, too, we also have to look back and talk about which character was mm. our favorite. Mm-hmm. So, double whammy, end of this episode. Hot diggity. Stick around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, we're going to commercial break, but we're not. What let's, we're go going to, no. let's go to the money zone. Let's go to the money zone. That's not a good enough joke. You, <laughs> you have to do a better quality joke before you can go to the money zone.
1: <laughs> Sorry, McElroy. <laughs>
0: This is what we do. We just steal their jokes and we pretend just, they're ours, we and it's just, the funniest part of our episode. Oh no, we
1: just steal McElroy jokes. We're <laughs> terrible
0: people. Uh, oh, sorry. I swear I'm not profiting off their IP. Oh God. Anyways, um, yeah. So at the end of this chapter, Jake definitely swears. He has two major swearing instances in this book, and I love it. Woohoo! Yeah, he gets. He's like son of a. And the bell rings, and that's it.
1: I think they've earned the right to swear.
0: I think they have too. I fully agree. They should be swearing all of the time. I I know I am. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So um, we cut to the barn where the kids are all talking about what to do. Uh, And there's a lot of character descriptions, but I actually wrote here what we just talked about where I think Cassie's was the only one that was super important. Like, he talks about how she quit the Animus recently, and it's left him feeling like he's on shaky ground with her, but he cuts her some slack because she saved his life before, and he's kind of like, that's, that's like a bond that you can't shake so easily. Right. Um, so yeah, that was really, that was, like, super interesting, I thought, and I know we kind of covered it, so I won't harp on it any longer. Um... And then he also kind of flirts with Rachel, which is very funny. Or rather, like, Rachel does something like makes fun of him and then, like, bats her eyelashes at him. And he's like, oh, I love it when she does that. Uh,
1: Super creepy.
0: I, yeah.
1: Again, dropping these little hints that yeah. he's probably in love with her.
0: Yeah. But the the other thing about this book is that, once again, it's very highlighted in the Marco books how much Rachel is kind of enamored with Tobias. Like we don't get that in Rachel books. We don't get that in Tobias books. It's not really in Jake books or anything, but because Marco's like hyper-focused on Rachel, there's a couple instances where Tobias will say something and Rachel is like the stuff, you know, and then she like marvels yeah. at him. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. <laughs> oh man. This writing is so good. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, um, the consensus is they need to go get the cube, obviously. So they do. They start going. Um, so the kids go. They're hanging out at a Burger King by David's house. And uh, they're trying to decide who's going to go on this mission. And so they, as always, go for a very logical, in-depth discussion where they cut two fries shorter than other ones, and they pull for straws, basically. So, you know, our warrior gorilla heroes are just kids. At the end of the day. <laughs> um, And it is Rachel and Marco. They're the ones that end up pulling the short fries and have to go on the mission. Yay. So they're exchanging. Yeah, I know, right? That's a great... <laughs> dream
1: team. Yeah, that's a great combo.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. And they do mention like, oh, great. We're sending crazy and crazier on the mission. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting yes. line here, though.
1: Um So Marco and Rachel have like an arm. Wrestling. Ah, That was
0: my next note. Oh, OK, yes. OK, OK. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me.
1: Oh, so there's a quote from Rachel because she beats him in the arm wrestling tournament and by kicking him under the table so that he loses focus. And everyone's like, Rachel, that wasn't cool. And she's like, who cares how you win as long as you win? And I'm like, hmm, ominous quote. Log that away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we've kind of had discussions in like past books, like, there's been hints leading up to this, and this is just, like, another breadcrumb. But, yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, and Cassie, too, in a very, very heartless, like, felt out of character moment, says something, she's, like, horrified, she goes, you don't think that, do you? And she's like, oh, well, it's you, so you probably actually do. Yikes. And I was like, Jesus, Cassie, little harsh, man. Ugh. Like, especially because the last thing that happened is... Rachel literally let that Yurk go for you because she trusted you because she put her belief in you. And this is what, like, this is the kind of shit that you, like, throw her under the bus for. Are you fucking kidding me, Cassie? Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to go on that. I'm so I didn't expect that. It came out of nowhere. I'm so sorry. A- okay. I don't I don't even have it in my notes. Tell me oh, all God. your thoughts and feelings <laughs> I, I this is cheaper than therapy anyways. <laughs> so so um, yeah, the that whole conversation goes down and then they immediately get very somber because Eric starts approaching them. Eric the Chi, you remember him. Eric Big Dog always appears in a
1: Marco book.
0: I think we're, like,
1: Ooh, yeah. four for four at this point. He's always in a Marco book.
0: Yeah, you're right. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never noticed that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it means. Everything. Everything. It means everything. I mean, I guess Marco kind of is, like, the close, But it doesn't matter. Anyways, Eric appears. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> He, uh, he drops some knowledge on them. He wants to let them know that there's a large summit happening in town with a bunch of foreign leaders from many different countries attending in order to discuss the issues in the Middle East, which I'm sure was a very relevant comment at this time in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So don't really know, don't really have historical context for that because my memories are very confused. But anyways, um, one of these leaders that's here for the summit is a controller but he can't tell the Animorphs which one. And this was the moment where I'm like, oh, look, the dungeon master with his DD puzzle is here. <laughs> so, yeah. Well,
1: okay, but did he not know who it was, or could he just not tell them?
0: He didn't know. He's, okay. he's like, I know it's one of them, I just don't know which one.
1: I feel like that's kind of hard to buy. It's very hard to buy. Like, you. <sighs> You would have to have some evidence that one was a controller. Whatever, well, Eric. Like,
0: hey, I've seen the president at the Yerk pool. It's him. Like, yeah. There's, he he. There's, and also. He's not supposed to know this because, like, Eric isn't a particularly high-ranking Yerk. Like, he's right. just kind of an intel guy. So, why does he know this, like, top secret? They're not announcing it till it's over, kind of mission. But he doesn't know who's infested, which I feel like would come up before the entire rest of the plan that they have. I don't know. I yeah. This is I don't know. Hard I just buy. let's pretend. <laughs> I guess. I unbeliever. guess I'll set that aside. Yeah. I mean, think about how much we're spending disbelief already. Yeah. Anyways. I'll, yeah, I found it hard to buy too. So, I agree. I agree with that assessment. Um, right. So, they're going to continue on this mission to get back the morphing cube. And they go into the bathroom. The girls with the girls, boys with the boys. And the second person's going to, like, grab their clothing because they had to dress for cooler weather. Um... And so Marco starts going Osprey in the bathroom and they're basically just, like, shooting the shit in there, like, having, like, a, a good time just being boys, which I really felt like the Jake-Marco friendship during this conversation. So I liked that part of it. Um, Jake gives Marco shit because he's like, oh, I have a signed hoodie from some famous sports thing. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know it. And, uh... Jake's like, oh, come on. You've washed that hoodie at least once since then. The signature's gone. And he said, I said it was signed, not is signed. But anyways. Yeah, so he starts going to Osprey. Uh, then the manager starts pounding on the door saying, is someone in there? And Jake's like, yep, someone's in here. And like a second later, starts pounding on the door again. And they're like, are you doing drugs? What <laughs> and the? Jake's like,
1: Okay, this is another what? thing I had a hard time buying.
0: It's like, yeah.
1: okay, maybe it's weird if two people go into a single stall bathroom at the same time but Mm -hmm. like apart from that there's nothing suspicious about this like I mean why are you so insistent on breaking into the bathroom
0: the okay here's the only thing I'm going to, to defend in this situation I feel like that does happen a lot with teenagers simply because of the age bracket like they do run into more trouble with like managers and stuff like that just because they're like teens cause trouble Sure. But that's it. That's my only, like, I do not know why he leapt to, like, are you doing drugs? I don't know why they couldn't stay in the bathroom. Like, if they are in there for 15 minutes, sure. Right. Three minutes, not so much. Like, that's enough time to pee. What if you had to poop? Like, you got to give them time. Yeah. A little bit more.
1: Also, I love how this is, like, a recurring narrative device is that the kids go into the bathroom to morph and somebody inevitably will want to break the door down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I this mean, is like
1: the fourth instance of it happening.
0: It is. It is. And yet, going through my childhood, I do distinctly remember multiple times people opening up the bathroom doors when I was in there. Rude. I know. Nightmare. But, like, this is a little excessive. Also, yeah. I wasn't morphing, I was just going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to clarify that. Woo. It's obvious. But, yeah. Um, this is my favorite moment, I think, in this book. Uh <laughs> So Marco's like 90% osprey and Jake basically throws Marco's own hoodie over him and it's like pooling around him so just his like little human bird face is visible and otherwise the hoodie's covering him and Jake just goes, I was trying to let my little brother pee and the manager comes in, he's like, your little brother? He's like, oh god, what's wrong with that kid's face? And Jake's like, don't listen to them, Tommy, your face is fine, (laughs) you're beautiful. And then the manager goes... What's wrong with this kid? And Marco goes, tell him it's Beaconoma. And Jake's like, it's Beaconoma. And he goes, tell him it's a growth on the face in the shape of a beak. And so he repeats it. And then he goes, tell him that it's really especially tragic because it only affects cute and funny little boys. And Jake's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So... That was my favorite part of this book. And then he grabs Marco's little like wing arm, and Marco has to shuffle out of there as 90% bird under a hoodie. <laughs> oh, God. So good. So good. So my,
1: oh my question God. is, um, mm-hmm. they made a point to say that it was nighttime when they were doing this mission. Yeah. And yet they're morphing fucking an eagle and an osprey. And they have owls. Yeah, they have owls. Tobias is scoping around the house. Again, he hates flying at night because he can't fucking see. I'm
0: confused. I am confusion. I am confusion as well. And it just feels like another issue in a long comedy of airs that's about to happen. Yeah. Um, because they beefed it, guys. They beefed it hard. Yeah, they, they goofed. They goofed real bad. Um, literally, there there was no easier mission than this. The window is open. They see the morphing cube on his desk. David's in the pool out back. There's nothing that could go wrong here. So what ends up happening is that Rachel's like, let's go in. And Tobias says, hey, no, you're an eagle. You're not going to fit. Like, let the small kids do this. Which is foreshadowing, but also I found interesting that Rachel did back off when Tobias said that. Yeah. Because, like, she didn't back off when Jake said, hey, don't, like, plunge into the back of this food truck like a maniac. So...
1: Yeah, very interesting. Rachel was pretty yeah. reserved in this book, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. And I, is that Marco's perspective that, like, everybody else thinks she's just a little bit more of a loose cannon than Marco does because he kind of agrees with her? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she, for whatever reason, she listened to Tobias. Maybe it was just because he is such an expert on birds and like she's not an idiot. Like She doesn't throw away intel or useful information. Maybe it's because, she just doesn't listen.
1: Maybe it's because she swooped into bad situations as an eagle so often that now she's like, okay,
0: maybe I should stop. <laughs> she like checked herself one time. Yeah. And then next time she'll be like, remember that time I held back? Never doing that again. <laughs> it's
1: like the last time I flew into a window as an eagle i got zapped so maybe i will i will listen to the bird
0: maybe this time um (laughs) but but you know we can't have an intelligent moment here so what happens next is that tobias and marco go in for a dive to swoop into the window and marco pulls out ahead of tobias and he's like, ha ha, beat ya. And Tobias is like, okay, but like, be careful. Watch out for the stick. Remember, you got a flare as soon as you get into the room to kill your speed immediately. And I mean immediately. And Marco's like, don't give a shit. And then goes in, hits the stick, tumbles around, doesn't kill his speed immediately. The window slams shut behind him. Tobias gets a face full of window and then goes like tumbling to the ground talking about the game Clue. So, Baby. Yeah, that situation went well. Uh, and then once Marco's inside, there's a cat. And I get the very distinct impression that this is a maybe not legal cat to own. Oh,
1: God. It's like a like, fucking, it's like an <laughs> ocelot or something.
0: It's, yeah. It's like one of those jungle type cats, like hunting type cats. It's, they just keep mentioning how huge and how fast it is. So huh. it, it very much feels like maybe it's like part snow leopard or something. Fucking like David, I don't know. man yeah this kid this kid's an idiot um but yeah so marco starts trying to fight the cat and it just tears him apart like marco's not landing any blows this cat's just fucking killing him and uh so rachel i wrote in parentheses the calvary (laughs) smashes through the window and goes like just flying and flapping into this room fighting the cat just being a maniac but this ruckus has attracted david from the pool so he comes like screaming into his room and Rachel's like, I'll distract him, it'll be fine. So she starts like tearing up his pillows.
1: <laughs> his bed and, his <laughs> bed just gets wasted in this book. His
0: his bed is like the most victimized thing in the series so
1: far. <laughs>
0: like oh man. <laughs> oh. She's, yeah, she has no mercy. She tears up his pillows and flaps in his face. And then David runs over to his desk drawer, opens it, and grabs a gun. A <laughs> gun. <laughs> Which, oh my God, is not good. Um, luckily, turns out, it's just a very well-made BB gun. So it looks real. Just shoots BBs. I mean, you can Thank still. God. You can. Significantly hurt an up. animal with a BB yes, gun. Yes. Very easily. Yeah. Why does he keep it in that particular location? Because this
1: kid's got a lot of fucking issues.
0: This kid does have issues. God. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it turns out it's just a BB gun. So David's running around chasing them, firing on them. They have the cube in Talon, uh, but they're having some lift issues. And so they decide to go downstairs and like out the sliding glass door, I guess. This reminds me of and, the
1: bat situation.
0: Yeah. When they
1: had to go get the, the thingy.
0: And then they realize, like, hey, we can't sonar with the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of what starts happening. Um, But, yeah, like, they're they're chasing him down the hallway. He's shooting BBs at them and hitting them, like, hurting them. And uh, Rachel goes up to the glass door and slides it open with her beak. And there's this moment where they can decide, like, to talon David in the face to get out with the cube or drop the cube and, like, try again. And they have this very i feel uncharacteristic moment where both of them are like he's a civilian drop it we'll come back we'll try again tomorrow yeah and uh, they do they drop it and they leave and it's so unexpected and another one of those things where it's like i mean just hit him he'll recover yeah it's fine just do it like i it's happened to me before i'm still here it's <laughs> fine. i've
1: been clawed by many birds
0: I've been clawed by so many birds. It's fine. Like, I mean, including, like, hawks and shit. Like, it's fine. Anyways, um, yeah, I, like, I don't know. They they failed a mission because they dropped the cube. Um, They do decide to regroup the following evening once David has calmed down. So they all cut to going to school the next day. Um, Marco has very ominous feelings about school, but he says that's pretty normal. And I agree, so... <laughs>
1: We all relate. I don't think...
0: We all relate to that. I don't think that was foreshadowing. I think that was just a commentary on how shit school is. But yeah. um, So he's at school. Uh, We cut to him getting in the lunch line. And David approaches him, which sets him on edge. And David's like, hey, man, I have no friends at school, but I do know you, you fucking weirdo, from yesterday. (laughs) Thanks, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, it was... I thought it was a weird choice, but hey, whatever. Um, So he's like, basically... I, I have a cat named Megadeth what and heck? a cobra. This is, like, literally how he goes into this conversation. Yeah. This kid just, like, spews
1: information out. It's like, my dad's <laughs> a spy. I have an illegal cobra, and my cat's name is Megadeth. He's, like, it's like, either he's a compulsive liar or he's the most metal kid in the world.
0: Yeah. And then he starts going on about how he was attacked by trained birds. So, like, I feel like you and I have some friends that, like, this would literally come from their mouths. Yeah. (laughs) And we we would just be like, "Uh uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) But, I mean, because Marco does know that that happened, it's like, you know, he plays into it. He's like, all right, all right, cool. Um, And he's like, this cube if they're willing to go to all the trouble of training birds to come after me, how, I don't know how he thought this situation would play out. It takes a little longer to train birds than that, but whatever. Um, he's like, it's got to be worth something. So I put it online for sale and someone's already interested. And Marco's like, oh no, did, did you give him like your address? Like that, you know, that's really bad. And David's like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to let him rip me off. I definitely set an email on a timer to go out right before he got home. And Marco's like, how am I going to save your life? Um, oh, I do have ass. a note later down where we will discuss this whole email thing. So let's, I'm just going to hold that in for now. All right. Because I want to get some more fire to throw on my flames. Some more <laughs> okay. gasoline to throw on my flames. <laughs> okay. Before I talk about how emails work. Sure. So anyways, <laughs> um, Marco goes in, debriefs Jake. And uh, Jake just swears again and gets sent to the principal's office. Aw. Rude. Rude. He said one swear word. Why would you go to the principal for that? He's not your pal.
1: (laughs) He doesn't care about you.
0: He doesn't care about you. Uh, Marco then goes to tell Rachel and Cassie he makes sure that he waits until they're both together because he says Cassie calms Rachel down. So that's what he wants. And uh, then Jake, when he finally gets out of the principal's office, finds him between, like, I think he said third and fourth period or fourth and fifth period. And he's like, all right go, Marco, just go. Skip school. I'll give you my notes. It's fine. Go. And Marco's like, I'm definitely getting those notes from Cassie. Your notes suck, Jake. And then goes. And that's... He, like, told them there'll be doodles of tanks and jets in your notes, and I don't want them. <laughs> Which was adorable. <laughs> Anyways, um, he also decides he's gonna get X, uh, because they want, in case they need to, like, break into the computer and unlock it, he wants somebody there that has the ability to very quickly do that. So... Uh, he's going to the roof of the building, turns bird flies out there. And he's desperately trying to find ax in this huge area where he is. So um, he's kind of cruising back and forth does eventually spot him, but they've lost a lot of time. So he's just like ax morph. I'll tell you on the way over. Oh, also um, there X. Yes. Axe is like,
1: shouldn't you be in school? And it's like <laughs> this coming from you who never paid attention in class because you were too th- busy thinking about games and females.
0: Oh, you and the other bucket. thing is, what was it that Marco said in return? Something I like, "Who are you, the truancy officer?" Yeah, <laughs> so good, Freaking
1: sass boy.
0: Oh, I love that. I love this. Like, I feel like maybe this like new threat to the team that comes in this book has brought Ax and Marco closer, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, because now they're on the same side. You know, it's not humans versus aliens. Now it's animorphs versus threat. Yeah. So. Anyways, um I love it. But yeah, so anyways, uh ba 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 X turns bird flies with Marco. They are flying around David's neighborhood, desperately trying to find his house, but of course it's cookie cutter subdivision, so they're like looking in the issues or looking in the issues. Oh my god, looking in all the windows. <laughs> so they're flying around David's subdivision, looking in all the windows, desperately trying to find where he is. And then Tobias kind of chimes in, he's like, What up, dudes? And they're like, we're trying to find David's house right away. And he's, they're like, how'd you find us? And he's like, well, Northern Harrier and Osprey, like, you know, hanging out peeping on people is a little weird. So follow me. I'll take you there. And he does. They get to the correct house. They demorph in the backyard because they're going to go cockroach and sneak under the door. So they're looking at, like, the crack under the door about to morph. And then Marco's like, let's just try the doorknob. And Tobias is like, no, but the door swings open and all of the alarms go off every single one.
1: At this point, I'm kind of like, man, Marco's security and recon skills are really kind of lacking in this book.
0: Yeah. And there's multiple instances that we don't normally see in Marco books where he's like, I should have thought about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like, We've seen it happen once or twice before, but it's a rare occurrence. In this book, it's like every turn he's like, oh, my God, how did I miss that? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um. But, yeah, he totally missed that. He just opened the door. And then the alarms are blaring and he's like, Tobias, look out for the cops. I guess we're just going in no matter what. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> and then he and Act run in and Axe is just breaking every fucking thing. Oh, my
0: God. God, the best. X is, like, knocking over lamps and skidding on the tile. Like, oh, oh my God. Right, right, right. So they go upstairs because they're going to get to this computer. And Tobias did suggest on the way over, like, hey, just unplug it if you don't want the email to go out. We'll discuss it in a minute. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they get into the, the room and they... That's right when David's dad pulls up to the house. Tobias goes, okay, his dad's coming in. Um, He shuts off the alarm. They can hear him on the phone downstairs with the company saying like, nope, I'm in law enforcement. I will handle the threat myself. Don't send anyone over. It is fine. Um, And Marco just goes, Axe, get in the closet, more something small. I will try to deal with the computer. So he's desperately trying to get at the wires and unplug them, but he can't get behind there. So Marco rolls under the bed, and he does notice as he's doing this that the timer on the computer's clock, like in the in the corner, is off by an hour. So he does not have an hour to figure out how to undo this email. He has, like, three minutes.
1: But why was the clock off by an hour? Unless Eric... Er, sorry, Eric, what the fuck? <laughs> Wrong NPC. David... Um moved from like a different
0: time zone i was just thinking that but like maybe yeah i'm sorry i well no no it's totally fine um and i'm just gonna get through this next chapter and then like i think we need to to do a little bit of like how stuff works um (laughs) but yeah so, so once marco rolls under the bed he meets the cobra and the mission just goes from bad to worse so David's dad has made it into the bedroom, and they're trying to sit quietly and not let on that they're there. But then Marco gets bitten by the snake, which, according to David, is devenomed, so shouldn't be an issue. But he gets bitten by the snake and makes a noise because he does still have fangs, and that gets David's dad's attention. And he orders Marco to come out, hands first... But then Axe somehow bonks something in the closet, which causes the door to make a noise. So David's dad goes over, opens the closet door, and Axe jumps out as a wolf spider. And David's dad's trying to stomp him. And Marco's like, okay, what can I do to get Axe out of this situation? He throws the cobra out there. And then David's dad just goes, spawn! Good boy, spawn! Get the spider! (laughs) And the cobra does? I'm so confused.
1: That's not how snakes work.
0: That's not how anything works. It's not how anything works. And then the doorbell rings. So David's dad just fucking leaves to go answer the door. He's like, oh, this is probably the rent-a-cops, damn it. Gotta go tell them. They're useless people. What the heck? Actual- so he leaves. And then Marco crawls out to look at the computer. And there's a message on it that says the email was sent. Oh, my God. I have so much oh. to talk about right
1: now. And I think he, doesn't he pick Axe up so that the snake doesn't eat him? <laughs>
0: and then, yeah, yeah, and, he does. And then he, like, throws him on the floor. <laughs> he did, Yeah, right Right after this, he does. He picks him up to, like, get him away from the cobra and then just throws him back down. He's like, it's fine if he falls from this high. He's a hardy creature. It's fine. You just fucking... <laughs> but, like... Can, can we just, like... yeah. Can we just quickly, for just one second, go over, like, how emails work? Please. Because it's not dependent on being hooked up to the internet at all times. And it's not dependent on your computer clock, which can be different from the time you set in your email account. Because they're two different fucking things. Like, your email account is something that is online, at all times it doesn't it's not dependent on your computer that's why you can log on from anywhere that's why emails still send even when your phone has no service you just have to wait until you get to where there's service before you can get them back because emails do not it's not reliant on your desktop clock those are two different things (laughs) two different things like what the fuck? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense and unplugging it from the internet would not stop your email from being sent because your email lives somewhere else. That just means you couldn't get onto your desktop internet. That's all that means. That won't stop it. And Marco should know this as a computer guy, which again, this I felt very, very strongly that this was just K.A. Applegate not quite getting it, but I was very disappointed in Marco for not knowing this. (laughs) (laughs) And not being like Tobias, that is not at all how computers work you idiot bird. Yeah, I mean, I love Tobias. I would never call him an idiot bird, but that's what that was Marco's voice. Marco would say that he's a dick. Anyways, that's how emails work. So if you're ever in this situation, dear listeners, don't just try to unplug the internet, which of course is impossible nowadays. We have Wi-Fi; it's insane. But <laughs> it's this is not. It's you can't just turn your computer off and be like done, fixed it. That's not how this works. No, it's no. I'm sorry. You had to get in there and stop it. His original plan of getting X was way better. (sighs) Okay. Hooray. Okay. We have things to talk about. I need to get past this email conundrum. (laughs) So um, Marco goes Cobra and there's an entire chapter basically just dedicated to talking about this morph because it's so horrific. He goes almost entirely snake except for his human boy head. So gross this is to me the worst morph sequence we've had so far agreed thank you it was horrifying um yeah so and then he does he gets to snake eventually eventually his head goes to snake size, and um he talks about the senses like how he can sense heat and he does have vision he has smell like he has everything he normally has and heat and Axe comes scuttling over to warn him, like, hey, David's dad's coming back upstairs. And Marco just eats Axe.
1: <laughs> okay, hang on. Hang on, sidebar. What, <laughs> what if, um, so the covers of these books, like, when mm-hmm. the kids are morphing into the animals, it's, like, a fairly even sort of progression.
0: Yes. Yeah. What if it
1: wasn't? What if it was literally, like, the way that they actually morph?
0: Oh, I would love that so much. That would be like so
1: horrifying.
0: Oh, I would love that for these these covers. <laughs> like that would just be so good. Oh god. Oh man. Anyway, Marco eats Axe. Marco eats Axe and then they have a very calm conversation where Axe is like, "Did you just consume me?" And Marco is like, "Um," and Axe was like, "Did you lose control of your morph?" And Marco's just like, "Well, and then he, like, just kind of spits him back out. And he goes, I didn't, like, nip you you're like when I ate you, did I? And Axe is like, I feel very sleepy. And he's like, oh, you're poisoned. You should probably do something about that. It was
1: interesting because, like, the chapter ends when Marco eats Axe. And it's like, yes. that's a very, very dark moment. Because now you're thinking, yeah. oh, God, this is going to be the crow situation. Like, Axe is going to have to morph out. While he's oh, inside that's Marco, That's exactly what I thought. It's so dark. But then the next chapter is just like Axe angrily being like, bitch, did you just eat me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just such a like, whiplash. Oh, my God. Okay. I have to say when I read it, I read it much more like very matter of fact. Like, did you just eat me? But I love in my head. <laughs> I absolutely love the idea that Axe was like, bitch, did you just eat me? Like, what were you thinking?
1: <laughs> like, I love that idea so much. Oh, God. Ugh. It's so dark and then
0: just so funny. <laughs> it's so good. It. Yeah, and then, so, like, and now it's this life and death situation of, like, Axe's Poisoned, which, like, three books ago, super big deal. Now, not so much. Like, when they poisoned Visor 3, it was like, oh, no. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, okay, demorph, like, let's get this over with so we can get the cube and get the fuck out. Like, you know, one of those things. Um... Yeah, so Marco does manage to spit out Axe, and then David's dad comes back upstairs into the room and trains a gun on him. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And um, Tobias informs us at the same time that David is now walking up to the house. So the situation is just that there's more and more people coming, and nothing is good, and there's a gun on Axe, and... Marco is still Spawn, the, the Cobra, and also uh, David's dad thinks that Marco is the regular Cobra. So, God, chaos. That's a sitch. Yeah, and so Marco just starts playing the voice of Axe, and he starts, like, saying every cliche in the book. He's like, we come in peace, Klaatu Baraninikto. Like, every freaking alien movie thing you can think of. He even says he comes from Epsilon 5. It's amazing. Jeez. And uh, David's dad keeps ordering Axe to stop morphing, but Axe keeps going. And he's, like, kind of escalating his threats. Like, I don't want to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. Stop what you're doing. Stop right now. And then Marco just goes, your son skipped school today. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> like, why does that work? Why? I, I don't know. He's a trained officer of some sort that we are unsure of this entire book. Why does that work? God. God. <sighs> but it does so david's dad gets like unreasonably distracted by this so x keeps morphing and then david joins him upstairs like and he's like what the hell is going on here and they're like oh, alien right got it got it gun on him right and then david's dad's like you're so grounded by the way like not the time dude Ugh. priorities priorities Um, But even more important, higher priority is now Tobias has spotted, one, the Animorphs coming in about 10 minutes away. And two, a limo and a shit ton of Jeeps and Humvees and shit screaming towards the house. And this chapter ends with Marco telling David and his dad, you have to hide. All hell's about to break loose. And it (sighs) does. And it does. So at this point, we now know that Visor 3 is bearing down on them. The Animorphs are bearing down on them. And then the real spawn slithers out, and David's dad realizes there's two snakes, and Marco immediately says, yeah, it's me, don't fire. And so he shoots Marco and hits him. Like, actually hits him. So he's got, like, a huge hole in his tail. He said he could actually see the carpet through it, and he's like, well, let's just keep going. So all hell breaks loose again, and Visitor 3 breaks into the house hearing the gunshots and rushes upstairs like he cares, saying, like, we heard gunshots and thought we could help. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> like a fucking douche <laughs> anyways um I, I just have a lot of really deep seated resentment for visor 3 i mean so yeah, i mean right it's acceptable it's well it's well placed it's well placed um yeah so they they are fighting um, marco bites a hork and poisons him so the hork is like oh i'm poisoned and then he gets shot in the chest like three times by david's dad like oh
1: First of it's all, just... how are two humans, two Andalites, and two Hork-Bajir able to fit into a standard-sized child's bedroom?
0: This is what I was wondering. Like, and Marco does mention pretty soon that they've just like knocked out multiple walls yeah. and like there's drywall everywhere. But this is quite the amount of things to have in a house. Yeah,
1: and then it gets it's even a more lot. crowded.
0: Right, it gets even more crowded because um, there's a huge fight going down where Marco and Axe are trying to fight off Visor Three, and at least, I think there's two Hork-Bajure originally in the room with them, so they're fighting all of those guys, um, and Axe is, like, killing it, but uh, David and David's dad keep getting in the way, so they keep having to, like, kind of whiff on shots that they had, like, clear strikes They kind of have to, like, dodge it a little bit because all of a sudden, like, David's dad's trying to shoot in the middle of it. And, like, he doesn't know the good guys and the bad guys. It's just fucking insane. It's chaos. Um, And then the next thing we hear is right as Axe is being fought to the ground, because Vizzer 3, because everybody's in the way, it does give him a chance to kind of overtake Axe. Axe is literally down. And then you just hear this huge roar and Rachel shows up in the room, stands up to her full grizzly bear height, and just roars. And Jake's also there. As a tiger. <laughs> As a tiger. So, how the <laughs> fuck? I And also, grizzly bears, can't they stand, like, on their back legs at, like, 14 feet tall? So, like, how right. high are these ceilings?
1: Yeah. Also, um, something I just noticed now. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess Visser 3 feels more confident about tail fighting with Axe now.
0: I feel like the only reason is because he did have him so outnumbered. Yeah. Could be. Like, he's like, even... Like, if something goes wrong, I can fall back and I still have two Hork-Bajur. Because the other fighting person in here, the other fighting being in here, is just the snake. Like, it's not... Yeah, that He doesn't find things like that intimidating, so... Sure. He's very bad at poison. He knows not very much at all about poison.
1: Yeah, you'd think he'd be afraid of the snake, too, because... He had a really bad encounter
0: with the snake before. I guess. I don't know. He's not. He's just not at all. He's, he... Maybe he's like, oh, I have anti-venom all over the place now, just in case. <laughs> I have
1: EpiPens, just like
0: at the I have ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's just collecting all this like ancillary medical shit that like he's experienced before. <laughs> he just makes a but you're like carry around a medical backpack. <laughs> Oh, my God. How great would that ranking be, though? You are least likely to get beheaded because your job is to do nothing but carry his shit next to
1: him. I want that post.
0: His caddy. (laughs) His work for caddy. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, shit gets real. I mean, I guess the ceilings are 14 feet high because Rachel said her ears, or Marco said Rachel's ears touch the ceiling. And it was cute. And it was cute. He did say her cute little ears, so... (sighs) Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, right. So, Visit 3 has now started morphing some horrific beast. It's this giant barney purple beast with a face in the middle of its chest, which honestly was the most distressing part of this whole beast for me. And uh, then it had, like, a weird snake tongue that came out every once in a while. And then it had, like, arms coming out of it that ended in these very, very sharp traffic cone-looking fingers that we very quickly find out he can shoot and retract. And it like, (laughs) he fires a finger at Axe and it punches his two-foot hole in the wall and then retracts back to his hand. And then he just demands the blue box. He's like, you see what I have here. Give me the box. So
1: I'm picturing this beast. In my head, it looks like a purple version of Gossamer from the Looney Tunes that had a baby with... Fuck, what's that Digimon called?
0: Digimons are the... Ch- I don't... Digmon, I, I think. Digmon. Okay. What was the first one? Gossamer? I'm Googling this because I don't... I he's don't like know that
1: big red fuzzy monster that...
0: Oh! Okay. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. The one with the butthead. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one was... Uh, what was the Digimon? Digmon, I think.
1: From season two. Digmon.
0: Because he's got like... Dig- he's got like the,
1: the drill hands.
0: Okay. Is that right? My my phone just tried to correct me with Digimon, so oh. I'm slowed down. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yellow and it's got like a drill face and drill yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little bird. Yeah, yeah, it's that's very cute. It's cute. I like it. Anyways, i I just wasn't a huge Digimon person, so I what? I don't know. I watched it every once in a while. It's just not like Pokemon, where like yeah, you could say any Pokemon and I would know. I'm like not good with Digimon. Okay, I know my like Raymon much. That's, okay, that's exactly what I pictured, except with the face in the middle and then the arms just ended in, like, these three-pronged traffic cone claws. Yeah, this is a stupid monster. Yeah. This is real stupid. And, like, (laughs) he mentions immediately that, like, this monster's biggest weakness is that because its face is in the middle of its chest, its blind spot is three-quarters of the room. Like, (laughs) that's a pretty big issue.
1: Why would you say that?
0: I don't know. And then also he makes a point to mention its weakness and then never exploit it. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Yeah. So he demands a blue box and the Animorphs are like kind of hesitating. So they're trying to figure out between them what to do. And they're like, David's the only one that knows where it is. Somebody ask David. So Marco does. He's like, David, where is the blue box? And David's like, it's in my backpack. Take it. I don't care. Take it. Wow. And it's like, you fucking wuss, Ugh. man. Oh, God. Um, so suddenly everybody starts going after David. The hork Rachel, Vizzer 3. And they're like, Rachel, get him out of here. And so her plan, I love her so much. Her plan is to charge him, charge through the wall, and just literally full grizzly bear fright train mode, knock him out of the house using probably him first to go through the wall. <laughs> Like, this is her plan. Oh and Marco God. doesn't even, like... He's like, yeah, it looks like her plan's to ram through the wall and take him with. All right. As <laughs> long as someone's thinking ahead here. Jesus. Um, yeah. But very luckily, Visor 3 punches one of his traffic cone fingers through the wall right in front. Like, he was aiming for David, but kind of, like, went too high. And so Rachel is able to just, like, tumble both of them through this hole in the wall. Um... So then Visitor 3 gets mad, and he turns back to Jake, Axe, and Marco, and he's like, all right, I'm going to fuck these guys up. I'm going to make it hell for them. So he's firing at Axe, who is able to kind of like, he kind of crumbles and dodges it. It kind of glances off of him. And then he just nails Jake in the hip, like totally takes out his back end, like back legs non-responsive hits Jake. And uh, he's going to do that again, except the rear guard now, Cassie, comes running up as a wolf and grabs a hork by the back of the neck, creating a distraction, which allows Jake just enough time to kind of pull his body to this hole in the wall and then fall through it. Um, Axe gets out. Cassie very nimbly leaps out after them, lands on her feet. So the only one left in here now is Marco. So he slithers under this bed, which is... Just a freaking shell of its former self. I'm sure very, very (laughs) broken and torn apart. Rest in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace, Ben. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he just crawls under there and they, I guess, upend the bed and the real spawn is also under there. So they grab the real spawn and the hork take him out of the room and now it's just visor three and marco in this room and he says he doesn't know if visor three can kind of sense that something's weird but he hangs back just alone for a few minutes and then he slowly demorphs back to andalite and then finally goes to human and leaves and it's this was like super creepy like i got really creeped out by this yeah yeah um and now we move on to the biggest part of the book Uh, David is knocked out. The Animorphs are dragging him away and they get him to some sort of safe-ish location and they're like, alright, what do we do with him? Like, do we just let him go and, like, leave? And also, he will probably be made a controller then because his parents are and, like, he you know, he's definitely just gonna be made a controller unless we put him into hiding, but how do we do that? And like, So they go back and forth and um, somebody comes up with the idea of, let's Make him an anamorph. We have the blue box. We have him. He can't do anything with his life now. We've kind of fucked that up for him. So let's make him an anamorph. <clears throat> and it becomes this team discussion, as always, about the pros and cons of adding an unknown member to this team. They go back and forth a lot. And uh, most of the time when this happens, Axe says, I will defer to what Prince Jake says. Cassie, Jake, Tobias are all voted yes. Let's do it. Which is um, surprising. But very surprising. But Cassie, of course, leap of faith. She literally says leap of faith. But,
1: G- but she's the one who is always like, we need to ask permission. We need to get consent. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be yeah. fair, I thought they were just going to, like, make him touch the cube while he was unconscious, which would have been, like, really, really problematic. Um,
0: yeah. But,
1: like, I don't know. I guess I'm surprised that... That Well, especially because she's been so conflicted about, like, being on the Animorphs, and she probably wouldn't right. wish this fate on anyone.
0: Yeah, and yet here she is, like, gladly signing him up for it. Yeah,
1: although, I mean, the alternative is he gets made into a controller, which is much worse, but but she's, like, really happy about the idea of another Animorph. Instead of being like, well, yeah. I guess this is the better solution. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Yeah, she was. And, I, and Jake was we didn't even get a perspective from jake he was just on board yeah like he didn't say much either way um tobias he kind of argued it a little bit he was like absolutely like you know we need more people we need more people to fight blah 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 um but i think i think axe and marco were probably the most interesting arguments in here jake asks axe to vote which he almost never does and then axe goes then i vote no and they're like um they're all surprised which surprised me and they're like why 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 no if you don't mind us asking and he's like we are a guerrilla team we rely on being a close-knit small team and this is adding an unknown into our numbers that we don't know that we can trust and marco is like yeah dude you are correct same 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 z's yeah right And then they're like, okay, Rachel's the time maker or breaker. So Rachel vote. And they're all expecting her to side with Marco. And then she votes yes. Which I have a theory on this that I want to bounce off you. So part of the conversation that happened just before this was they were talking about when they were made into Animorphs. And she mentioned something about how they, it's not quite the same because they all knew each other except for Tobias. He was the one that they did not know. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, I mean, they knew each other in passing, of course. But, like, she's like, you know, I was best friends with Cassie. Jake's my cousin. Jake and Marco were best friends. Like, we all had ties. Tobias was the only unknown. So, do you think that the reason she voted yes is because she kind of thought, like, hey, it worked out with Tobias. It, I should put that faith in David?
1: Hmm. Could be.
0: Um, that was my theory.
1: Well, it's interesting because when they were talking about it, she was originally siding with Marco and saying, I don't mm-hmm. like this idea, I think it's not a good idea, when is, I was fully expecting her to be like, absolutely, we're an army, we need more people.
0: Really? You thought she was going to say that? Yeah.
1: Like, because she's so gung-ho about winning the mm-hmm. war. And so I would think that any, you know, because she was, she was all for, uh, I think, the, uh, the Chi wanting to, you know, override their programming because she was like, we need more right. people. So I thought she would do the same with uh, David.
0: Uh, see, I didn't, I didn't get that impression because Rachel is so protective of her people. I didn't think that she would do it because, like, the Chi are already fighting their own war against the Yurks. Like they already had proof. They're not bringing somebody totally green into this. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a little bit of a different situation, and I did not expect her to vote yes. Yeah. But. That's interesting. I like the I like that idea that she would be the one crunching the numbers and wanting to fight the war and wanting to turn more people. Very interesting.
1: And meanwhile Cassie's all like, well this could just be the start. We could make hundreds or thousands of animorphs. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. At all.
0: <laughs> Cassie is very, very hopeful. She is Ugh. she's gotta be knocked down a peg or two after her last book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, those are the votes.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm siding with Ax and Marco at this point when I'm reading.
0: I absolutely I am siding with Ax and Marco, and I I will say I don't think a different character's perspective would have changed my mind in this situation. I am firmly against this just because he named his cat Megadeth and his <laughs> Cobra Spawn, like. <laughs> And well and and
1: he was so willing to give up the cube. Like
0: Yeah, exactly He's already shown Absolute, that
1: he's a coward, yeah. like
0: <laughs> He yeah, and he's not good at secrets and he like he's clearly like, you know, thinks he's a genius of of, you know, the internet and he doesn't know shit.
1: And he was so like, willing to just like shoot uh Marco and Rachel when they were birds.
0: Yeah, and like he just at the end of the day, he just reminds me of those people that I was friends with that I look back and I'm like, God, I put up with so much shit from them. Yeah. We're not good. And, like, even in at this age, like, I don't know. I had that sense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I really don't like him. Like, on a personal level. Yeah, he, just he seems like a scumbag. <laughs> but... Rachel votes yes, and so David wakes up and Jake says, we're about to change your world. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna shit your pants. You're gonna shit your pants. They do take a lot of delight in every time David goes through some shit that they've gone through. They love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they start by letting him in on the secret. They don't immediately like give him the power to morph for anything like we were suspecting they would. Um, They tell him everything he needs to know and every horrific thing that's happening. And Marco especially wants the reality to sink in as fast as possible. So he tells him, they have your parents right now and they're dragging them down to the end of a pier. There's Hork-Bajor warriors are going to knock their feet out from under them, put their heads below water and a yerk's going to swim up and take over their brain and they're not going to be your parents anymore. So dark. So dark. And like, Marco's like, I I said that to him, I didn't realize that he had started crying, because partway through, I wasn't talking to him about his parents, I was telling him about my mother. And, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, so powerful in that moment. Um, but yeah, so they... they continue to just tell him what's going on and how secrecy is so important he's holding the fate of the world in his hands and he cannot betray that and uh the message does not sink in um marco takes him back to his house to have the sleepover tells his dad he's having a sleepover with a friend and marco lets him have the bed because i guess he felt bad about how badly his bed got destroyed <laughs> and Marco's sleeping on an air mattress and wakes up at 2am to find David sneaking out of his house so Marco sa- he, or to find him sneaking to the phone to call his parents and Marco says have you ever heard of caller ID dude so he takes him to a payphone down the street in the middle of the night and Marco mentions how uneasy he feels sneaking out at night when he's not in morph he's like this is kind of weird um, but he takes him down there to this payphone and he's like okay here's what's going to happen you're going to get on the phone with your parents you are not going to tell them who you are with you're not going to tell them where you are all you're going to do is ask them what happened at the house and david's like "Yep, cool got it no problem not a problem at all and so marco stays in there with him listening to his phone call he calls his parents and sure enough his parents are like everything's fine nothing happened it's all great just like marco said would happen And then they're like, where are you? And David starts to tell them where he is. And so Marco hangs up the call and he goes, that's enough. Let's walk away. I'm going to prove to you right now that this shit is happening. So they go hide nearby. And within two minutes, the limo that has Visor 3 in it, of course, and the Humvees and the Jeeps all pull up there and people are searching. And then David's parents show up. And they had told him when they were on the phone that, like, hey, what happened at the house? It was just a trick. My buddies were playing on me. No big deal. And David's like, yeah, see, it was a trick. See, my parents are here. I'm sure they just bugged the phone because my dad's a secret spy and this is normal for him. Those are just his buddies, blah, blah, blah. And Marco's like, just hold on. Keep watching. And so David's dad starts to approach them. And David's like, okay, okay, this is fine. And then David's dad says... Visor 3 is gonna kill us if we don't find that kid and that's like just breaks David he just like slumps down because now it's real um at this moment they're like okay have we seen enough can we get out of here and Jake comes trotting by as a rhino just like as a distraction and Marco picks up David's dad and slams him against a wall to knock him out and they leave yeah super fun Cut two, I guess the next day, and uh, Cassie is dragging out a giant box with a Merlin and a golden eagle with a divider between them, not together. <laughs> that would be bad. I was
1: like, I hope you're not releasing um, these guys together in the same area.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Ugh. Ugh. And well, anyways. We'll get there, <laughs> but they're carrying the boxes out into the woods. And Tobias is super pissed about it. He's like, you are not releasing that bird in my territory. <laughs> and Cassie's like, she's like, literally he's gonna, we only had him for a few days. He's going to fly home. We just can't get there. Cause the roads washed out. And Tobias just goes on this rant about how much he hates these Eagles. He's like, they take out other birds, which is bullshit. I've seen them take out rabbits. I've seen them take out deer. I've seen them take out all sorts of shit and they're like, "All right, David, let's get your let's get you morph capable and then get your first mer- morph who is the Merlin." And David goes, "No, I think I want the eagle." And Jake's like, "Are you, are you sure? Like it's really better to have the Merlin. Like we run into a lot of issues with Rachel's morph because of how big it is." And David's like, "I want the eagle." And Jake's like, Ugh, "Dude, come on, rethink it." And then that's when David goes into his little speech about how Jake doesn't tell the others what to morph, and he doesn't want to be pushed around, and they've taken everything away from him. He's lost his family, he's lost his identity, he just wants to have some strength and some teeth, and to feel like he can fight his way in or out of a situation, now that he's had everything taken away from him. And, uh, that kind of convinces the Animorphs. Like, Rachel even says, like, oh, you're gonna fit right in, and Marco's like, I kinda liked this speech, but I still hate this guy. And everybody else is, like, kind of, like, enamored with this little speech that he gave.
1: Meanwhile, I'm just like, why don't you just take both of them?
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. No kidding. Because
1: you've got the evasive one and you've got the beefy one. Like, hmm Anyway. Yeah.
0: Anyways, um, Axe comes bounding up late and uh, says, are they ready to give him the power to morph? And Jake hesitates for a second and then says yes. That hesitation, though. That hesitation. Though. Yep. So, um, Rachel has a fanny pack, which really stuck out to me. And uh, through the morph cube that was in the fanny pack, to Axe who fumbles it, but then catches it very deftly with the flat of his tail. Blade. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. I don't know why. His stupid. Why that interaction?
1: His <laughs> stupid arms, though. Like he can't. But then his I fucking know. tail. It's just it's just a testament to how awesome the analyte tail is. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it truly is awesome. And I did love that little interaction. As useless as it was, I did love (laughs) it. Ah, man. So, um, they give David the power to morph, and then he acquires the eagle, and everybody congratulates him and shakes his hand. Um, there... There's this moment here where Marco mentions that watching David get the power to morph brought him back to the construction site and brought him back to how much they had changed since this war started and he kind of says like I feel bad thrusting him into this like you know he lost everything he didn't know this wasn't something he signed up for it just happened by chance and then Marco's like wait a minute that happened to us too and it it just brought into very clear focus how much they had changed, and so I wrote a note here to ask you if you would like to take this moment to reflect a little bit on how much they had changed since the first
1: one. <laughs> Let's take a journey back.
0: Yeah, because it seems like the appropriate time to do so here. Uh. I mean, he's right. <laughs> they are so very different. I mean it's it's so weird. It's just so weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They're like. They're like
1: parents watching somebody kind of come of age like they did. Or the beginnings of mm-hmm. coming of age. Like this rite of passage
0: that they already took. Um, yeah. Oh, man. And it's like. It's just so interesting to see it through this lens because. It, We, you know, catching up with these characters as often as we do, we see them kind of bit by bit growing, changing, becoming more cynical or more hopeful or more crazy or whatever it is. Like, we see them change bit by bit. And then to have them look at David freaking out and getting this power and not knowing what to expect or what's going to happen, and it's just so it's crazy to think back of like how far they really have come like back to like book one where their mission was to sneak into the Yurk pool and it went so catastrophically or book two, <laughs> which was, you know, they're sneaking in to get the, the Z space transponder to contact the Andalites to come save them or just trying to expose the Yurks, you know, on, in the president's lawn. And then they got into that whole mission where they almost died because they went fish and got collected into the water. Like, This is so vastly different from the Animorphs books we started reading. Yeah, It's just really cool to, like, to see those echoes and to realize, like, how fucked up they all are.
1: (laughs) I've seen some shit.
0: Yeah. And, uh, like, Jake especially. I really like Jake in the first book. That's my favorite Jake before everything. He was fun then. He's not fun anymore. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I mean that's not fair to Jake. I he has his moments with Marco, but they become less and less every book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that was that was that was all I had.
1: <sighs> it's harsh. I once we're done with uh, mm-hmm. with all these books, um, I think I want to go back and, like, read them all again, kind of knowing what happens so I can pay attention to exactly how they change.
0: Um, You know, I was just thinking, um, just before we hopped on the call, I meant to tell you this, but then we got talking about other things. Um, What do you think of once we finish all the books to go back and redo episode one? Just episode one. Yeah. And see
1: how much we've changed.
0: (laughs) See how much we've changed on our journey. And I think... Because... Go ahead. No, you go.
1: Uh, I was thinking, like, um, I could... I don't know if we want to, like, commit to this, but, again, like, if I went back and read them all again, like, with the knowledge of of having read the whole series, if we could do, like, Mm -hmm. kind of a reunion episode at one point. And just, like... Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, and just kind of talk generally about, like things we noticed on another read-through. Like, I don't know how beneficial that would be to you since you've read the series a bunch of times. Um.
0: I I mean, as even Megamorphs, I never realized Rachel had puked under the tree. Like I noticed <laughs> new things each yeah. time. And um, it's a, it's a totally different read-through for me taking notes. So I would, I think like to give it a little time yeah. and then read through it again. Yeah. And um, you might feel differently once we start getting into the ghost-written books. <laughs> oh, sure. But, you know, I, I would like to do that for sure. I really, I notice different stuff every time I read through the series, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Let's do cool. it. Sweet. Yeah, that would be really exciting. Uh, I would like to hear your perspective once you already know what's happening. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man, so good. <laughs> Alright. Um any last thoughts? Oh, let's let's do the mission. Let's do the mission. Alright. The team discusses their first mission <laughs> with David. Um they're trying to figure out who's infested, how they're gonna stop it, that sort of thing. They start talking about security, um, how each different national president prime minister what have you is going to have their own team of security guards that are specially trained so like you know russian teams blah blah blah. um david keeps chiming in he's not really gotten the ebb and flow of the animals conversation yet (laughs) so he just kind of keeps like that's really what it is like the team knows each other and he just keeps like disrupting it just because he's not used to it so making unhelpful comments um, Yeah, exactly. And he's talking about, like, well, my dad, being the security guy, has the ability to, like, tap phones and blah, 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 and you haven't even considered that. And they're like, well, why would we need to make a fucking phone call, David? Of course we haven't considered that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so David's, like, he's interjecting throughout this whole thing. Um, And Marco's a little bit annoyed by it, but whatever. Uh, He makes some quip about how the Japanese president is going to have ninjas and marco's like yeah he's gonna have like you know jackie chan himself and then david's like "Mm, well he's chinese not japanese thanks david well actually well actually i mean i know that's our premise to say well actually (laughs) but i'm not i don't have a cat named megadeth so fuck off
1: it's like he's he's not wrong but
0: He's not wrong, but he just says it in the most I know.
1: annoying way. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, what have you guys done?
0: Oh, nothing good. <laughs> um, yes. So anyways, David chimes in with his bullshit. And then they take him through his first morph because they are going to scout it out in a surprise Animorphs move. They're going to scout it out first. God, I love them. They're so critical.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite um, Cassie moment in the book. <laughs>
0: Yeah! Oh my God! So badass because I can picture it so. Because I can picture you doing so, it. So, oh for sure in a heartbeat. I I know the exact like, I like okay. So this for me, I'll just read it and then I can I'll digress. But um, so David's going through his first morph, which is to Golden Eagle for this scouting mission, and it's going fine. Like a little creepy, obviously. He's a little you know unsure about stuff, and then Cassie warns him like, "Hey, the instincts are about to you know bubble up. Be ready." And he snaps his attention onto Tobias, and he takes off, leaps after Tobias, and Cassie was ready for him. So she just snags him midair and completely, like, gets him wrapped up and under control. (laughs) It's amazing. Calmly, like, "Eh, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, like, I just reacted so viscerally to it because I could feel that, like, Look for it, look for it, grab the feet, control the bird. Like, I knew every movement. Like, it's just inherent. And I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. Like, I just got really excited for Cassie. Because those mid-air grabs are just, like, they're so cool. They're so cool to do. And it doesn't matter how many times you've done it, when you do it, especially with a big bird, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Like, every time. It doesn't matter how many times. It's very cool. So, anyways, yeah. That was my favorite Cassie moment in the book, for sure. I really liked her in this moment. <laughs> I, I wonder how David felt, though. <laughs> Probably a little emasculated, because he's a dick. Yep. So, <laughs> um, anyways, they, are, they do ask him, like, are you ready to go flying once he gets the morph under control? And David's like, yeah, I guess. And they're like, it's cool, it's cool, let us go bird, we'll all go together. Cut to them flying, and David is screaming about how great it is. And he keeps interrupting Marco because it's like this is again writing I adore. Every mission, when Marco gets quiet and we're in his perspective, we get the full A, B, C, D point yeah. one down what he's thinking, what it's going to be. And David is literally interrupting his thoughts in the most annoying way. And it's excellent. Yeah. It is just excellent writing (laughs) i love it so much um and marco does he keeps reminding himself like don't get annoyed flying is great this is his first time and then marco even gets a little bit emotional about watching him flying for the first time and he compares it to like when you get sworn in for citizenship like how before you were from this foreign place in this different thing and then you say the words, you, like, swear your loyalty, and you're an American. And he says you're American, just as much American as anyone else. Which is maybe not true. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I shouldn't say that. Definitely cutting that out. <laughs> like, for yeah. sure. But, yeah. Anyways, he he's, like, you know, comparing citizenship, blah, blah, blah. First time. Uh, but the spell is broken quite quickly because David very soon yells, I'm doing it, and goes into this mid-air dive after a crow that wasn't paying attention and just murders it mid-air and then lets it go, tumbling to the ground. And, and fuck you. Exactly. Exactly. And in this moment, fuck you. And then, like, they're like, um, what did you just do? And he's like, oh, I lost control of the morph. I'm so sorry.
1: No. It- <sighs> no. No.
0: He yelled, I'm doing it.
1: Ugh. He
0: yelled, I'm doing it. And then this
1: part made me sick to my stomach. Cassie comforts him.
0: Oh my God, me too. I felt greasy in my stomach. Like, I was so disgusted I. By it. Uh, oh my God, I hated it so I much. I wish she hadn't, like...
1: The, I, here No, here's the thing. Here's... I love K.A. Applegate, but here is the... The thing i would have made as a writer that for me would have been the point where cassie goes oh shit maybe we fucked up and then cassie mm-hmm. starts to doubt him because like 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 nowhere in the point in these books have the animorphs really lost control of a morph after they had morphed it and gotten the initial rush of emotion like like mm-hmm. you don't just lose control mid morph. Like you, once once the instincts kick in and you get that initial rush, like you're good. Like so far we've experienced that, and that's been pretty mm-hmm. solid for all characters. Like yeah, absolutely. Like and th- when you lean into the morph, like that's a choice you make, kind of. Like maybe right. oh yeah. Like maybe the closest person is Rachel, but she always is like, okay, I'm I'm having a bad time I'm gonna lean into the morph and just like let the grizzly bear take over but like you don't fucking like if everything's fine and you don't need to do that you don't do that so I think I would have written that at this point Cassie starts to realize that maybe he's a bad guy anyway that's just just my opinion
0: can I sow some seeds of doubt for you and this is mostly because it's trying to remember as well that it's a trilogy that we're reading uh-huh. right now so like as we know k applegate likes to kind of trick us at first and then reveal at the end and normally it's just done in the single book format but we do have three not guaranteeing you anything i'm just saying it's something to keep in mind while reading but um very soon after this cassie kind of does something mm-hmm. That is very in character for her, I think. But Marco has never seen it before. And I wonder if she does start to doubt him here. But because we're in Marco's perspective, he's going, she's the tree-hugging lunatic that trusts every yerk that walks through the front door. She's comforting him right now. That's all we get in the scene. And it could be that Cassie still believes it because we don't ever visit Cassie's perspective in these three books. Because we have Marco, this one, then it's Jake next, and then it's Rachel. So, we don't get Cassie's first hand in these books. It would be very interesting to see what she was thinking. And I wonder, just personally, if she already has a very clear... Because she's better at reading emotions than anyone else.
1: And she's better at I feel knowing... I like she's got a handle yeah, it. Yeah, and she's better at knowing the morphs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She knows... And, and, like, that might... You know, she might be like, well, I'm better at handling it, but... Yeah, it's, it would be really interesting to see what she was thinking in this moment. Yeah,
1: so, so are you saying that you think that maybe she did go, oh shit, he's a murderer, but pretended to comfort him?
0: I think she's legitimately comforting him trying to see the best in people, Right. but that in the back of her uh-huh. mind, she might be going, this doesn't feel okay."
1: Right. I like that.
0: That's just what I think. I like that. <laughs> Without any support. And I
1: hope... <laughs> because it's a Jake book next and Jake has a a higher opinion of Cassie than Marco does. Like, I hope that more of that comes through because I would hate to think that Cassie who has, you know, mentioned a couple times that she prefers animals over people that Cassie Mm -hmm. would not just be like, Oh, he killed the crow. Oh, well that sucks. But he's just a poor kid who's trying to figure (laughs) shit out. Like, I I don't want to believe that that's what she was actually thinking. Because that, that hurts I don't, me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't believe that. I don't want to believe that at all. Like, she's... It's just... It's not right. It just doesn't feel right for her. Yeah. Oops. Oh, man. Anyway, that was <laughs> a
1: painful moment for me in this book.
0: I was like, no. That... Yeah, that was a very... Like, I... It was super... Like I said, like, very... It felt greasy with how disgusting it was. Like, it was just not good. Fuck David. I hate him. Um, yeah. So, um, bah, bah, bah. oh, and then this is all interrupted. Everybody, you know, kind of Marco with his doubts about him, Cassie comforting him. It's all interrupted by the president's helicopters, which Tobias knows as Marine One and shares this knowledge and Rachel is completely in awe of his weird collection of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, they're watching these helicopters come in. And then they spot, hovering above one of the helicopters, signs of Yerk stealth tech. They see like a disruption in thermals, basically. And um, they're like, oh no, the Yurks are making a bid to grab the president right now. They decide they have to go in. So everybody starts racing towards the ship and the helicopter, and they see the bottom hatch open, like in this rectangle in the sky. They see that the helicopter's blades are being stopped. Um, X tells them they've probably stunned the people inside, so they're not moving. And then they're like, Tobias goes, well, they can't just take this helicopter. Like the, the one that's following them will notice this, the service or, or duplicate helicopter, you know, however, they decoy helicopter. Thank you. Those are the words I'm looking for. The decoy helicopter will notice if the first one just disappears. And then, as he says that, a hologram appears in place, and they suck up that helicopter into the ship. Wee. Um, whee! <laughs> Everybody's racing towards it to get in. Jake, David, Cassie, and Axel get in. Marco just scrapes by, like, basically about to get crushed. He was pretty pleased that he made it in, and then he was like, oh, why am I pleased about this? This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Rachel and Tobias are left outside. Poor Rachel. There's poor Rachel. She's so pissed about this. She keeps this.
1: Miss- missing out on missions. I feel like
0: she does. Like anytime they're like, I don't know if rampage would help in this situation. They're like, she got stuck. Yeah.
1: She's <laughs> unconscious.
0: She's unconscious. And then Marco carries her out. Well, she's like, Hey, let me out of Poor Poor Rachel. <laughs> Yeah, I feel really bad for her in this scenario. But hey, she gets to like hang out with Tobias outside. Bird date. So. Yeah, bird date. <laughs> Impromptu bird date. <laughs> uh, so. Anyways, um, they're all stuck under this helicopter, which is kind of in this little impression in the ground. So they're pretty well hidden right now. They all start to demorph, and they're left with a bunch of really scared kids and a scared andalite. And they're watching all these hork and stuff walk around this helicopter, like, they can see all their feet through a little gap between, like, the, the helicopter and the floor. And they're like, alright, we, we need a distraction. And there's this very interesting moment where Jake says to Axe, go create a distraction, we need to morph and get out of here. And Axe, Marco says something like, you know, Axe must have resented him in that moment because he's like, hey, go get yourselves killed so we can get out oh. here. And, like, what Axe must have thought. But Axe, being Elfangor's brother, is a fantastic warrior that should tell you everything you need to know. And he just said, okay, I think that sounds like a good idea. And goes. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> Especially coming from Marco. That's an incredible moment. Yeah. Like. <sighs> love it. I love it so much. Um, so, Axe goes, and there's no room for battle morphs under here, so they decide to go roach and sneak. And Marco repeatedly tells David, close your eyes. Close your eyes when you morph. Close them. And he doesn't listen. And as they shrink, he's okay. As they start to get wings, he's okay. And then the legs start popping out of their chest, and he starts screaming. And there's hork everywhere, and one of them says, be quiet, and they all freeze and get quiet. And if he had stopped screaming now, it would have been okay. But David kept screaming. God. (laughs) I hate him. (laughs) I hate him.
1: Part of me is like, okay, well, you know, he's not used to this, and he's new. But the other part of me is like, no, he's he's a very bad choice for this. he's the worst in
0: this moment especially like and it's one thing where like scream and then realize where you are yeah
1: read the room david down
0: down. yeah and this is where cassie steps in and marco is shocked by this but cassie plays david off against marco and he says david get a hold of yourself marco when he first did this he didn't scream for this long what are you doing marco is scared sure but then he got it together you need to get it together and I was like, it works. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And Marco goes, "I've never seen this manipulative side of her before."
1: And yeah. I, So like, I almost felt like there wasn't enough lead up for me to buy this necessarily because like I I never I didn't think of um David and Marco as kind of competing with each other until this point. Yeah. But, you know, that aside, I was like, whoa. (laughs) Damn.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if it was, like, meant to shock us with how abrupt it was. Because every time I read this, it shocks me. I'm always like, that's the moment. Like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. It was... It was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, and Marco's, like, horrified, too. He's like, not only has she done this thing I didn't expect, now he's also cemented in his head. He's going to hate me forever. So, yeah. That's not great team building there, Cassie.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a... Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to feel about
0: that. I don't know either. Um, yeah. It's not good. It's just not good. Uh but yeah, they start motoring out from under the helicopter and there are Hork-Bajur everywhere and they're trying to step on them. And they're getting near misses left and right. Marco gets a leg ripped off. They do finally make it under the bulkhead, and then somebody busts out a can of raid. Whee!
1: Which That's yeah. a very convenient thing to um, have on a spaceship. <laughs>
0: I again that personal horkjir <laughs> with all the medicines. And stuff. He's like, here's my bag of tricks. That's my
1: favorite horkjir that we've made up.
0: Me too. I really like him. I like. would like to hear more about him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, they um they manage to like crawl, run up the bulkhead away from the raid. They kind of like jump up above it. And Axe goes go towards the light, which sends Marco into this whole like we're going towards the light, and we're gonna meet Saint Peter up there and all our family members, and have to explain all our discretions. <laughs> and Axe goes, "What?" And Marco's like, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> I loved that interaction so oh, much. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, but um, they do go to the brightly lit room, which is where the light was coming from, and they find who they believe the president. is uh, is laying there. He's the guy with the weird cut in his shoe. They see the shoe with the cut. They see him laying there, and they do the only sensible thing. They decide to hide in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. That's what they did. I'm upset by this. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh. Um, but then they hear Vizier 3 coming, and Vizier 3 is, of course, just screaming in open-thought-speak. You know, there's insects, Andalites, not Andalites, doesn't matter. I just need to get this done. Let me acquire the president. And that's when they realize that, like, Vizier 3 wants to acquire the president because he doesn't trust any yerk into that position of power. He's like, I want to be the president, but I am an Andalite, and I'm torn, so I'm gonna just morph him. They're like, okay. So, um, he decides that he's just gonna morph the president i guess and when the kids find out like hey he's not infesting him he's just gonna acquire him and then put him back in the helicopter we gotta bail so they bail they get back towards the helicopter and they think that that seems like a good plan until the floor starts opening up and they all go tumbling out into the sky as cockroaches and that is the end of this book to be continued to be continued wow yeah, how was that?
1: <laughs> <gasps> oh, I hate David.
0: I he's just that dickwad kid. He's just such an asshat. I hate that God. kid. Like we all know that kid and I hate him.
1: <laughs> I I had misgivings about him from the beginning and and mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just Marco's perspective, but hell. hate him so much. And
0: we get to see Jake's perspective next, and Jake will be very level-headed about him, as Jake always is. So it'll be fun to see how your perspective shifts as the characters change.
1: I hope Jake loses it on him personally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just want some sense slapped into this idiot. So how did you feel about this
1: Um, I enjoyed reading it overall, but I hate David, and I... I have a prediction about what's going to happen, happen to him, but.
0: Oh, yeah. I would like I, to hear it.
1: I think he's not going to make it. Um, but I don't know by whose hand he's not going to make it. Um, but that's just my prediction.
0: Give, give me a guess.
1: Oh, I don't know. Like, I could see it going two ways. I could see it being like he goes dark for most of it, but then at the end, he redeems himself somehow in like a self-sacrifice situation or like Rachel Mm -hmm. has to take him out.
0: Interesting prediction. Anyway,
1: that's what I think. I don't think he's going to make it.
0: (laughs) Well, don't tell me. (laughs) um, um, No. Oh, God, no. I would not tell you because this is a journey you have to take alone. (laughs) uh in this situation you are marco going to stop the email i am jake staying at school getting in trouble for swearing too much (laughs) yikes oh man yeah um i mean obviously i'm not gonna say much but i will say that uh reading this book this was the first one that I truly forgot myself in the chapters and like because I I read a chapter stop take notes read a chapter stop take notes and this was the first one that I truly read halfway through the next chapter before going oh fuck I have to back up and take notes and I just forgot myself reading this one I was drawn in I thought it was very strong writing very good book I have very strong emotions about it oh it's good it's real good I love these guys. They're good kids. Um they they are very good kids. I
1: mean, there there were a couple moments where I felt like the characters did things that were out of character for them. But yeah, that's but overall like super solid book.
0: Yeah. And I super appreciated the moment of levity with Jake when he got to cry about his little brother Tommy <laughs> who just needed to pee. That was great. Don't
1: make fun of my brother's ugly face.
0: Yeah. I did notice, though, he called him Tommy. And yeah. That, I mean, his brother's name Oh, my Tom. God. I didn't
1: even notice that. Oh, no. I didn't notice till this read-through. <laughs> oh, no.
0: But that kind of, like, I read it, and it kind of cut a little sad. That's
1: very sad. Oh, man. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Um... One thing I was expecting about this book, since it is a Marco book, I thought it was going to be about his mom. And
0: I Yeah, and she didn't even really she got yeah, a mention.
1: And um, when you mentioned this these next three books are a trilogy, I thought it was gonna be like the saga of what happened to Vizer One and it was going to be about about her. But it wasn't. It's about some douchebag named David.
0: Mm-hmm. And we do, there is um, a Vizzer Chronicles coming up where, like, we get some insight into visors in cool. general. Um, so we'll get that. But yeah, no, that's, that's not what this trilogy is about. Cool. It is not at all.
1: This is a really interesting dynamic um, to bring another potential Animorph into the group. And throw off the dynamic that they've been so carefully crafting for 20 books.
0: Right? <laughs> and, like, even when Tobias was morph-capable again, think about how much that threw them off. And now they're like, let's put this unknown factor into this Yeah, group. this guy
1: we don't know, don't really trust, that we now have to trust. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: An asshat. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, I, it's I definitely think he's going to die because... I don't think he's going to stay with the team, um, just based on the fact that he's not on any of the covers in the future. Um, and I don't think he can live as a rogue animorph, like, the fact that he has the morphing ability. But, I mean, I guess he could be a controller, like, another controller, and that could bring in an interesting dynamic with Visor 3 having another Yurk that's morph-capable. I don't know! Oh, no, I just can't wait to find out.
0: <laughs> yup. That's why I insisted that we didn't have a two-week gap yeah. <laughs> between books two oh, and three. Gosh. Oh, Whew. man. I'm really glad that we don't record with video anymore because Your face. I'm making some faces. <laughs> 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 yeah, we only did that once. Yeah, and I did like it. But in this moment I'm glad yeah. we didn't.
1: Whew. Any other thoughts about this book? Um Or in general?
0: Hmm.
1: Before we go on to the favorite character thing.
0: No, let's move on to favorite cool. characters. I'll I'll have a lot of thoughts at the end of the trilogy.
1: I can't wait to hear them all.
0: I have so many. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, okay, favorite character, let's do in this book first. What's your star rankings for each character? Let's start with Jake. What's your star ranking for Jake in I this book? I feel like
1: Jake didn't really do much in this book, um, but yeah. he didn't do anything horrifically offensive, so <laughs> um, I guess a four.
0: Oh, I was going to give him a oh, okay. three. Okay. Because I, I was going same reasons, but I was going middle of the road. Yeah. With that. Like, because he didn't do anything, but I just want. Okay. Middle. Three and a half. Three. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to change your rating. I don't. I'm not trying I to mean, convince you. I'm just telling I you. Mean, I, same reasons. I just gave. I a think
1: I think the extra star comes in because I love Jake. Um,
0: okay. Acceptable.
1: Um, Rachel, I really liked in this book. Um, mm-hmm. So probably a four for her.
0: I'm giving her a five because <laughs> <'Cause favorite. laughs> oh, because she's my favorite. Um... Oh, shit, what? Oh,
1: my computer just went to sleep.
0: It's fine. Oh, okay. I, I'm giving her a five because I, I am playing favorites, but also because I loved every interaction between not only her and Tobias, but her and Marco, where... Like I loved the moment where she's arm wrestling him and kicks him under the table. It was very funny, but also this like interesting power dynamic. And I loved every moment that like she was enthralled with Tobias knowing things. <laughs> so five. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she didn't go on any like suicide missions at she all during this. Spo- like she smashed a window, but she was she was. But I I think she gets a gold star for herself for good behavior. <laughs> <laughs> and like um, I don't think that makes her right. any less
1: of a compelling character
0: oh like, god no not at all I don't know I like reeled in Rachel I like all Rachel <laughs> that's not true I like reeled in Rachel I also do love like just mad for no reason Rachel <laughs> I don't know I just I relate to it like on a level that I can't explain yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how about Tobias next?
1: Hmm. Tobias is pretty solid in this book. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, of course, this is my, like, my middleist attitude anyway. Like, I don't really want to give anyone, like, a five or a one. I want to stick between two and four for everybody. <laughs> um, but, That's so okay. I'll give him
0: a That's four. Just... Just because I'm off the rails doesn't mean you have yeah. to be. Um, I'm, I'm giving him a four as well. Four stars for Tobias. Because I loved him in this book. Um, excellent clue jokes. That was very good. I You know, he's good. Four. I like it. <laughs> uh, Axe. Axe. What about Axe, Axe? five.
1: Because he was in a lot of this book and he was a good, good boy for most of the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I give him an absolute five as well. Um, And especially for him finally getting, I mean, we saw it a little bit when he made the choice in Cassie's book, but for him getting to, like, explain his thought process and take us through him just getting kind of more autonomy in these books. So, yeah. Yeah. Five for him, too. Um, Let's see. Who do we have left? Cassie.
1: Hmm. I don't know. Because, ah, like, there were a couple moments I was like, I don't like this at all. But it's also, like, at, <laughs> at at the same time, it's, like, very interesting and it's kind of elevating her character for me in, like, a twisted way. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Probably, like, a three
0: in terms of, like, likability in this book. Oh. Okay. I'm giving her a yeah. two. Um,. Because I hated her enthusiasm for making David an anamorph. And also, I really did enjoy her manipulation moment in here as much as it surprised me and felt out of character for me. I am obviously way too much like Rachel in the fact when she throws, shows a little ruthlessness, I am on board. <laughs> so, giving her a two because that was probably a negative, but also gonna give her a two. <laughs> And Marco.
1: Hmm. I think I made a comment in previous Marco books that I don't really enjoy reading his books, just because he tends to get really mm-hmm. dark. Um, but I liked him a lot in this book. This is probably one of my favorite Marco books so far. Um, so mm-hmm. he gets
0: a four from me. All right, I was gonna do the same. Four, four nice. for him. Yeah, so we're agreed on a, on a good amount. We were pretty close. We didn't have vastly different opinions. David gets a negative 420. David gets black demerits. <laughs> Five black demerits. <laughs> David is horrible. Invisor 3 also gets one star. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I liked him more than David.
1: Hated. <laughs> oh my god, we liked Vizier 3, the main villain, more than stupid David.
0: I, okay, Vizier 3 has never given me, like, I've never read something from him where I feel so disgusted with him, I actually feel like a little vomity. That's true. And, like, he's campy, he's villainous. I love him as a villain. David, I just yeah. hate. So. <sighs> That's one star for visitors. who is a special guest spot in this rating scale this week. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Perfect. All right. So, going broader terms, then, out of the last books we read, what was your favorite? And I'm going to have to slowly recap what those are yeah, um, because I don't remember. Um, so, obviously, this book was Marco's first part of the David trilogy. Was Marco's Cassie's was the butterfly one. Axes. We had Axe instead of Tobias this Mm -hmm. round, and he had the traveling to the um, alien planet one to the homeworld. Rachel's was... These are the two I don't remember. I think Jake's was the break-in at the mansion. Yeah. And Rachel's was... Oh, Rachel's was the cave, wasn't it? The bat cave?
1: No. Oh, the mole. The mole.
0: Yeah, the moles. Sorry, I was I was going further in the book. Yeah, the mole book.
1: Hmm. This is an interesting batch of books. I don't have yeah. like a clear favorite for this batch. Um, probably this one though.
0: That's uh, this one is my favorite of this batch. Very close second would be Jake's book. Yeah,
1: that was pretty good. Like um, as much as I love Axe, I didn't super love his book.
0: Yeah, he carried his book, yeah. but yeah.
1: It was, it, I think it was just a little too, like, alien heavy for me. So there was that, like, basic relatability that wasn't there. And then Cassie's last book was just, like, emotionally harsh for me. I was like, there's so yeah, much going on.
0: This is a really interesting batch of books because Jake's book is kind of such an an aggressive kind of book. Yeah. And then Axe's was, like, fluff almost. Yeah. Like, it was interesting, It was a but side story. Nothing. It was a side story. And then, you know, Rachel's was just, like, enraging in, how, in the decisions that she made. Cassie's was enraging in the decisions that she made, but in a different yeah. way. And then this book is, like... It's... Yeah. It's all over the place. It's hard to compare them, but I did, and I have a scale. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It would be Marco's, my favorite... Jake's second favorite, and then I'd say Cassie's, Rachel's, and then Axe's.
1: Yeah, I I think I would switch uh, Cassie's and Rachel's. Although I got really mad at Rachel in that book.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm really surprised by that because you were really but mad like, at Rachel.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: And I got really mad at Cassie. Why am I making it third? <laughs> I switch it too. I switch it. Now it's. <laughs> I I agree. I don't know. <laughs> See, I, that's the thing. I love the questions asked in Cassie's book. And I love the implication. And that's why I put it in third above Rachel's. But I was so mad during that book as so well. So
1: here's, here's my thing that I just realized. I enjoyed the events of Rachel's book more. Even though I got mad at her, I enjoyed mm-hmm. reading and following yeah. the story more. In Cassie's book, it was just like, okay. I am walking through the woods with this child Yurk, And we're talking about morals and ethics and existence and it was just a harder yeah. read for me
0: yeah that's fair yay
1: all right where can the humans find us
0: you can find us on the internet at our email which is available at all times not just when our computers are plugged in <laughs> And if you wanted to send an email there you could send it to anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com fun side story it. Fun side,
1: um, story. fun side story. I tried to log into one of our accounts. I don't remember which one it was. And I kept typing animorphsanonymous at gmail.com. And it just kept failing. And I was like, why the fuck isn't this working? <laughs> oh, yeah. Our email is is not that. Because someone already took it.
0: Yeah. The Yerks took it. So maybe so, David took it. Fucking dick. <laughs> Selling all this shit on eBay using our yeah, account. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to sell our IP. Anyways, um, right, so we have that email, which is backwards. Uh, everything else is AnimorphsAnonymous.com, is our website. You can find us on Facebook at AnimorphsAnonymous, or if you want to join our super secret, super awesome group, it's AnimorphsAnonymous, oh, sorry, it's Facebook.com slash group slash AnimorphsAnonymous, or you can search Andalite Bandalites. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at AnimorphsAnonymous, on Twitter at Animorphs Anon, and I think that's all of our social media...
1: And for podcast services, we can be found wherever podcasts are available. It includes Google Play, iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, Podbean, etc. We're Googleable. Google us. We're oh,
0: super yeah. Googleable. And tell me about your book.
1: Uh, I make a webcomic. It's called B Side You. You can find that at B Side And it's about music and romance in the early 2000s. So you should check that out.
0: And it's amazing. Thank you. all right i guess we better get out of here before viscer three comes and knocks on our door tries to get us to vote for someone (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah all right see y'all next time see you all on the flip side later bye-bye